WBWZ, New Pulse, Poughkeepsie. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Gonna tell your brother. Oh, brother. You're listening to the Coffin Take this, brother. I've always dreamed about having a brother. Brother Michael. Number six for Colvin. My brother Anakin. Perhaps we're long lost brothers. Oh, Brothers were the Colvin brothers. Tell your brother the stockyards are ours now. Colvin brothers on Z93. But Marge, I want to see my brother. So, what does your brother do to you? Mom always liked you best. Steven. I am your brother. The Colvin brothers. Ash Brown. <laughs> on Z93, the Colvin brothers time tunnel. Time tunnel. Time tunnel. 1985.
That ain't working. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and your chicks for free. Money for nothing. Good evening, everybody. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. It's time for the Colvin Brothers on Z93. We're bringing you back to the year 1985. 1985, the start of my DJ career. I didn't start radio till 86, but 1985, two very significant things happened in my life. One, the dungeon opened, which was my first DJ gig. And Grandma Colvin would be a regular customer there. Yes, she would. And the other significant thing I did in 1985? All right, so you said two things. So would number two be anything with the resurgence of cassette tapes? You know what? The double cassette deck that I still use. From consumers. I know the story. <laughs> you guys know the story, too, on the podcast. Yeah, I bought it in uh, like you know spring of 1985. It still works. So I consider that another signpost of that wonderful year. Did you play Dire Straits Money for Nothing off that uh, cassette deck? I did play it on the cassette deck because I had the uh, brother. Brothers in Arms cassette, which was at the time, it was billed as one of the first audiophile cassettes. It was, they had like every time you would buy a, a tape, they would have all these new letters to associate with it to make it seem like it was better than what you had before. So it was yeah. like one of these, you know, like letters like H and Q, and then they would put Roman numerals too. But <laughs> yes, the, the, the Brothers in Arms album was one of the first digitally recorded albums mm -hmm. and therefore wh whatever format it was released on because i didn't get a cd player until 87 was exalted as being the highest performance you can get so yes of course i did and one of the best videos of all time on mtv i still remember that dog the computer generated dog mm -hmm. in the beginning of the video we talk about mtv all the time i want to drop some 1985 factoids on you all right because well, i was there so i can uh, i can yay or nay them average income per year twenty two thousand dollars i think i made 13 that year twenty thousand dollars i think i paid that in oil this past year <laughs> average house price was only 40k i'm not talking about a new house just buying you know a house on the market 40k that's insane uh average cost of a new car you want to take a guess i would say seven thousand nine k oh okay all right gallon all right. of gas was a dollar nine it was over a dollar by 1985 okay and you don't go to many movies but back then 275 to go see back to the future yeah or yeah back to the future was the blockbuster of the year yep. but the, uh, what year was ghostbusters uh, I want to say maybe 84. I'll have to ask Cousin Ben. Okay. So our next song for 1985, it's uh, it's a song that I picked, The Talking Heads. Mm -hmm. And uh, the song is called And She Was. By this point, they were considered mainstream. What I loved about The Talking Heads, I first discovered them on SCTV, which, as you know, was the Canadian counterpart to Saturday Night Live. A lot of the same players uh, were in the pre-SNL uh, Second City theater review. So you had Eugene Levy, you had Rick Moranis, you had Dave Thomas, you had Catherine O'Hara. John Candy. And John Candy, yes. yes. So what was great about SCTV, they weren't limited to the confines of SNL on a big network like NBC where they had to worry about what you know Lauren Michaels or studio heads thought. So they got really, really out there. And I remember, again, I can't I can't reference this guy enough. Me and my friend Kenji down in Dale City, Virginia. Yeah, Kenji. We would watch SCTV. It was rerun in the States. I think it was on a syndicated network. Yeah. And I remember the video 
for once in a lifetime where it's the white background and and David mm-hmm. Byrne is sitting there doing the thing with his arms. Uh, that I first saw and heard of these guys on SCTV, and I uh, became an instant fan. Yeah, this song is stuck in my brain because before you know the CDs came out, Michael would hand me all his uh, cassettes, and this was one of the cassettes that you gave me. I played it on my Walkman all the time off Little Creatures. Little, I was going to say, the album had to have been Little Creatures. And this is going out to Elise in the town of Olive, where the Colvin Brothers on Z93.
Valentine's Day. From the Colvin Brothers. C93.
Coleman Brothers on Z93, bringing you back to the year 1985, Kate Bush running up that hill. What was the most significant thing about Kate Bush for you growing up, kid? I always saw her in your room. <laughs> she was always poking out of the album section. I still don't know. I had the poster. Because I, at I the, the time, poster, yeah. I, was not only doing, I was not only doing radio, but I was also working in a tape store. So I had access to all these promotional materials. Um, Kate Bush, notable for two reasons. Uh, she was discovered in 1977 by David Gilmore with the Pink Floyd. All right. Uh, and he was very instrumental in producing her first album, The Kick Inside, and trust me, he got inside. And then later on, of course, Peter Gabriel had his shot with her and uses her in a very key moment in his 1982 classic, Games Without Frontiers. Is she doing anything nowadays? Because I know your other crush, Susanna Hoffs, she's popping up all the time lately. Susanna Hoffs and I are friends on Twitter. I'm trying to get on the show. Kate Bush uh, was always notoriously shy about touring which really hurt her in the states this was her only top 40 hit but what has happened there is a, a cover out there by meg myers and because 2020 had so few new releases because of covid19 yeah. it became a massive hit and brought this song to a much wider audience than it had i think everything's happening because of the quarantine you ready for the five always the colvin five are you ready for the colvin five? Five. 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 five on z93 all right, the Colvin Five, sponsored this week by Joker Inc. Apparel down in Beacon. They do screen printing and embroidery. Follow them on Facebook and visit their website at jokerinc.com. That's J-O-K-E-R-I-N-K.com. Customer apparel needs for business, team, school, or personal use. And the Colvin Brothers, we got our sweatshirts on right now. I am loving these. I, I wish that we could give these out as promotional items. I think that the goal is eventually to get masks. And I've got, I've been doing Instacart long enough that I've got loyal customers. Yeah. So, you know, I can drop off their organic pizza and, and say, hey, have a mask. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, our friend Will down there at uh, Joker Inc., he gave us a handful of uh, masks. I'll give you one after the show. Okay. But uh, hopefully, eventually, we'll get them and we'll, maybe we'll do them as like uh, contests or something on the air. I'll tell you what, even though the world is due to return in 2021, we're still going to be needing the masks. So, check, yes. So, check out the photo. Uh, it's on the Colvin Brothers on Z93 Facebook page. This week we're doing romantic comedies. Today is Valentine's Day. Yeah, we're not trying to do the Valentine's Day show. Where, you know, let Delilah handle that crap. Delilah. But, but romantic comedies, I mean, even as a curmudgeonly 51-year-old, I do enjoy my my occasional rom-com. I'm actually binging Outlander right now. That's kind of a romantic comedy. Yeah, I have no idea what that was. I saw you posting about it. But, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's a time travel thing. It takes place in 1743 Scotland, and uh, one of the main characters reminds me of Emmett at Mahoney's, and I miss him. Oh, Emmett. Yeah, why don't you go shop for any pencil? It's the same dude, I'm telling you. It's the same. Same guy. All right, number five. This is going out to Gene and Rhinebeck and John and Rhinecliffe. Sliding Doors. I know the movie. I can't place it. Who's uh, who's the star in that I, one? I want to say everything that we're going to talk about here has Tom Hanks. Um, it's, <laughs> I, I I know I saw it, but I, you know, a lot of these. The problem with rom coms, Stephen, they're all the same story. They just come out in different years. There's some good ones. What do you got for number four? Uh, this is Mama Katie Mary, a longtime listener of the show, and also Tina Newpaul. We never actually sent anything out to her. I was like, you know, we haven't said your name in a while. You can have this one. Say anything of the iconic moment where John Cusack has the boombox over his shoulders, and what's the song? that he's playing. We just mentioned the artist before when we were talking about Kate Bush. Oh, Peter Gabriel, in your eyes. You a little shout-out little shout out for Danette there. That was 1986. <laughs> and I, Peter Gabriel, I don't know how this happened. I've met him three times randomly, and he's like the most droll person you ever want to meet. Very, very friendly. But yeah. as you know, Stephen, I'm a, I'm a big fan of early Genesis. I like all the Genesis, but the early Genesis, which was his band, and one of the things that stood out for them, because they needed to make a name for themselves in the pre-social media era, he cut a triangle into his hair, so he looked like a space alien on stage. Oh, yes. And I ran into him at Woodstock 94, 
And I said, Peter, at this point, like, you know, he's like in his 50s. He just looks like any other guy. Yeah. I'm like, well, what are the chances that you carve the, the triangle back in your head just for kicks? He's like, none. <laughs> Speaking of dry, Mr. Plow Poughkeepsie. He's got Wedding Crashers at number three yes. with uh, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Great movie. I don't, do we, is it really a rom-com? Like this, does somebody, oh, because they crash the wedding so that the bride doesn't marry the dude and then he gets the girl back as one of those? Yeah, it's, it's, I saw it. I just don't remember. It's a mix of comedy. It's also similar to like uh, Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer. That's another great one. Steve Buscemi, our friend. Yes, he is, is our friend. One. Sad with him at the, the 2001 World Series. Number two, and again, this could be any of those Tom Hanks not quite ready for for primetime Philadelphia, Tom Hanks, but the guy that did all the rom-coms. Sleepless in Seattle. Yep. All right. Jonathan in Seattle, who's a little bit biased, I have to say. And also Riley off of Exit 153, my favorite exit in Jersey. Yeah, Riley's one of our big listeners on the, the Facebook page. <laughs> we only asked for one. I think he gave us like 35 and then said, uh, is that enough? Yeah, and so anything that Riley said that also got somebody else to say it made the top five. Because <laughs> there was some, and I know that Riley is a photographer and he's also a film buff. Yeah. I did. I DJed his wedding. He gave me his own flash drive that I, I'm not getting, had 32,000 songs on it. I only <laughs> I have time that. for 75, I'm like, you're killing me, kid. And with Sleepless in Seattle, it's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Thank they you. are so good together. And it didn't come in our top five, but one of my favorite movies is You've Got Mail with uh, the iconic uh, AOL storyline. You've Got Mail. Uh, you yeah. still, you still, I mean, I have AOL too because I, I got my address in 1997. It's too late to change it. Yeah. But I, I, I know I've been around you where your phone is just lying somewhere <laughs> randomly. All of a sudden I hear, You've Got Mail. Yeah. When the phone died, I turned into a cat meow. So now it's even funnier. <laughs> We got the big closer right now. Big closer. Speaking of Meg Ryan, when Harry met Sally. Yes. Now, this is Billy Crystal, not Tom Hanks. But it's Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Right, right, right. And she kind of fell off, but uh, she was huge with the rom-com. She was already, you know, kind of on the other side of 30 when, when she hit with this. So, you don't, you only get, it's like being a pop star. You only get a limited time in that spotlight. But, of course, the, the, the one part of, <laughs> if, even if you've never seen yeah, when yeah. Harry met Sally, like Stacey and Wappinger, Jonathan in Moorhead and Brian in Baltimore, you know the scene. I'll have what she's having. Uh, Cat's Deli, I believe it was. Yes, it was. I went down there and took a photo. That's the Colvin Five, folks. The Colvin Brothers Time Tunnel. Time Tunnel. Time Tunnel. 1985.
It's the Coleman Brothers on Z93 this week, bringing you back to 1985. Clarence Clemens and Jackson Brown, you're a friend of mine. It should be on the One Hit Wonder Show, but you know what? 1985, come yeah, on. Well, you, you really can't because Jackson Brown was so prolific. I mean, he, he started out writing songs for the birds in the 60s. Clarence Clemens, the longtime saxophone player with Springsteen, so revered and loved by Bruce. The boss. He that, was in a commercial in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yes, he was. It took me a minute. I'm like, oh, that's Bruce. Um, <laughs> but uh, Clarence was so revered and so loved by Bruce and his fans. Yeah. That he replaced him with Clarence's very own nephew, Jake. And I've seen more shows. This is how sad it is. I've seen more shows now with Jake than I did with Clarence. And I I saw Springsteen at the Giant Stadium with Uncle Paul. The original Giant Stadium. In 19, oh, yeah. In okay. 19, yeah, the one that DeHoffa was buried under. Uh, in 1985... <laughs> And four songs that were performed that night ended up on Springsteen's landmark uh, live box set a year later. So I'm yeah. very proud of that show. Yeah, he used to dress up as uh, Bruce all the time back in the day. And you know who else is a big fan of uh, Clarence Clemens? This was going out to Jillian and Coxsackie. Oh, okay. And I didn't even know this. I had to look it up. He used to date Daryl Hannah. That's a good get right there. Oh, well, you probably didn't finish reading the article. It didn't end well. Uh. <laughs> and we were talking before about how I had a previous radio life. And I remember I was, it was the, we called the show The Morning Jam, and Greg O'Brien, our voice guy, uh, along with Shelly Sexton, were, were my partners. And I, I remember producing uh, a, a, a tidbit about when Jackson and Daryl broke up. Yeah. And it had boxing ring bells in the background. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, Breckman, who was a huge wrestling fan, Michael hosted the Royal Rumble a couple of weeks ago. Money doesn't grow on trees, you know. He reminded me that uh, this song was featured during the Mega Power storyline on the WWE's or WWF back in the day, the main event. It used to be on Channel 4 whenever Saturday Night Live would take a week off. Mm -hmm. It would be Saturday Night's main event or the main event. And uh, the Mega Powers, of course, was Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, let me tell you something, brother. All right, I want to read you some more factoids from 1985. Mm -hmm. Worst marketing blunder in 1985 was? New Coke? New Coke. Okay, yeah. Circle Gets the Square. It was featured in uh, The Stranger Things. Well, the problem was that Stevie Nicks went to snort it, and it burnt, <laughs> it burnt her septum so badly that the press was just all over uh, it. After three months, it went back to the old formula. <laughs> Nintendo was released in October of 1985. Of course, Frank didn't buy ours until 87. I still never played it. I'm an Atari 2600 guy. Gorbachev in the news. The Unabomber in the news. The Unabomber was that long ago? Yeah, 1985. I was reading about it. Wow. Unless, unless he resurfaced, but they, they said he was one of the major storylines of 1985. I'll place him way later, but okay. The 49ers won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Kansas City Royals won the World Series, but if you remember that blown call at first base with, uh, it was a Deckinger? I forgot who the umpire was, but there's no instant replay back then. Mm -hmm. the Cardinals should have been safe, and they should have won the World Series. They should have. What year was the Pine Tar game? Was that a couple years before? I think that was 84. Okay, all right. Because I remember, I wasn't there, all right? I'm not going to be, it's not one of those, oh, I was there. No, I wasn't there, but of course, we've seen a replay. Because whenever the Yes Network has nothing else to do, they replay that game. And the last thing, which I'll let Michael touch on, mm. Eat It Joe's, We Are the World. We Are the World was America's answer to the Band-Aid single the year before. So, you know, never to let an opportunity go to waste, uh, Michael Jackson got together with Lionel Richie, wrote the We Are the World song, and I believe they recorded it after the Grammys because everybody was going to be in the same place at the same time. Yeah. And it went on to be this monstrous hit and, you know, all the famous stories about every radio station in the country playing it simultaneously, blah, blah, blah. But I was uh, in... My junior year of high school, and my good friend Bob Curcio, who I guess I have to send this show out to now, too, there was an air jam coming up. And so I was going to just do Springsteen, Born in the USA, because that was my, my go-to at the time. 
And he was like, you remember in Animal House, the angel and the devil was on his shoulders? Yeah. So he was the devil on my shoulder. And he comes, I was known as Mike the Psych back then. And he goes, hey, Mike the Psych was in the air jam. He'd do We Are the World. And he would do all the characters. Just, <laughs> he, he was Damone. He was Damone from Fast Time. Right? Same exact guy. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, you know, the challenge, the gauntlet was laid down. I had to do We Are the World in the air jam. And I had to be everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't have any budget for this. I was... I wasn't even working at the dungeon yet. That happened that summer. So I took like an old hat and I took uh, some of our sister's orange fabric and made, uh, you know, this this really bad Cindy Lauper wig. Um, she, again, being an erstwhile hairdresser, had a wig that I was able to fashion for the Diana Ross part. I think I might have even used it for Michael Jackson. So on and so forth. I had a bandana for Springsteen, you name it. And yeah, so I turned it into this thing. I didn't win, Stephen. I did not win the air jam. You want to know who won? <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news, Power of Love, beat me. Another 1985 iconic song. But here was my favorite thing about it is years later, uh, Kevin Meany had had risen to uh, some level of stardom. We became good friends. I helped him out at Woodstock 94 getting backstage. He had a show called Uncle Buck that didn't really last. Oh, it was, yeah, it, that was, was it was after the movie with John yeah, yeah. Candy. So, but um, what got him noticed, what put him on the map was he did the exact same thing I did with no knowledge of it because I was just a 16-year-old kid. Yeah. And I, you can still to this day go on YouTube and see Kevin Meany doing We Are the World and Lip Sync. So, you know, we lost Kevin sometime in the past decade, and it warms my heart to know that we had the same idea at the same time and didn't know it. Yeah, I remember it because it's on video. Uh, just a real quick story. Christmas Eve 1985 when all of Oklahoma came in, mm-hmm. and then Michael performed it at Gold Road. Uh, I believe it was the day or two after. And, uh, you know, it stuck in my brain because you used, like, shoe polish for all the signs. And that's why I said eat at Joe's. Yeah, so it was fun. It was a great moment. Um, it, it certainly, I, I, you know what, I have to credit, it launched my career because from that point on, whoever didn't know me at John Jay High School certainly did after that. And then within a couple of months, the dungeon opened and I got the gig. The next song is going out to my daughter, Olivia. It's Centerfield by John Fogarty. Great old school baseball theme video if you got a chance to watch it. She did baseball. She did t-ball only for one year, but this was her hype song. Every time she had a game. Olivia, this is for you. It's the Colvin Brothers on Z93.
the Colvin brothers remind you that you don't have to turn into their producer, Breckman. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Still at it, huh? Pull up those trousers. Nobody wants to see your underwear. Yeah, Bill Cosby said the same thing. Where is he now? What do I look like? An ATM machine? Well, now that you mentioned it. Here, let me write you a check. No, Breck, don't. Let's see. Carry the one. Brick! Boy, do I miss shopping at Kmart's. Yeah, there's no S in Kmart. But at least we still have Barnes and Nobles. That either. If you can't find it in that encyclopedia, we can always ask Jeeves. No, we can't. Turn that down. I can't hear myself think. Oh, so that's the reason. Got your nose. Don't turn into Breckman. Keep listening to the Colvin Brothers. Hash Brown Comedy. We can help. It's the Valentine's Day Massacre with the Colvin Brothers. Love this. On Z93. Yeah. 
Coleman Brothers on Z93. 1985 is the year that we're featuring this week. The Hooters and We Dance for Marissa in Deer Park. I wanted this song. It's again going back to the theme of cassette tapes. <laughs> Michael <laughs> handed me this cassette tape back in the day, and I think this was the only song that I could jam to off that album. Oh, no, they had uh, a couple of other songs. And We Dance was the was the big hit hit, but uh, uh, they, they all use zombies which is a great song. They, they played Live Aid. They were early on. They played in Philly. And the thing that made the Hooters uh, a trivia answer is that they were the backup band on Cindy Lauper's She's So Unusual. Okay. They, they were the band, like all through the night and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's them. All right, so you know how we have Breckman you know, help us out in the studio quite often? Yeah, we just heard his uh, most recent uh, installment of Don't Turn Into Breckman. And the, the best thing about Breckman, he's trying to come up with his own Don't Turn Into Breckmans, and he's <laughs> they're so Breckman I can't use them. <laughs> So my, my friend Woody, who I met at Quinnipiac University when I was living out in Connecticut, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much he's into weather. Yeah. So he's our new weather guy. Oh, okay. We finally got a weather guy? Yeah, let's go to him right now in the next studio. So kiss a little longer. Hold hands a little longer. Hold tight a little longer. This Colvin Brothers weather report is brought to you by Big Red Gum. For those of you headed to the office tomorrow, forecast looks to be 68 degrees and fluorescent. <laughs> Where is he in Fiji? I'm pretty sure there's another snowstorm tomorrow, so <laughs> he might have been a little bit off there. But fluorescent, I like that it's fluorescent outside right now. And then he's got his own sponsors. It doesn't matter that the uh, that the sponsors don't exist anymore. He's got them, and that's all that matters. Eventually, we'll let you guys know what he does with karaoke. So uh, this past week, I I um, always busting Michael's chops about movies he's never seen, mm-hmm. and I let I let out the fact that I never seen The Godfather. Well, that came out in 1972. My memory about The Godfather and its time was our mother talking about it. But, of course, I didn't get to see it for many, many years. But my, I guess I, there was a time when, when Frank brought Jude to the movies and they saw The Godfather in the theater in 1972. Grandma Pushkar probably babysat me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something I always wanted to watch because I'm a, you know, I'm a massive fan of uh, The Sopranos. I just mm-hmm. binged it for the second time. And if you're a Sopranos fan, you know that there's a bunch of references. But if you've never seen the movie, you might not get the references. So I'm on a mafia kick right now. And I'm going to watch Godfather 2 uh, after the show tonight. But uh, The Godfather, one of my favorite quotes, leave the gun, take the cannoli absolutely and uh luca brazzi sleeps with the fishes <laughs> and luca brazzi abe vagoda who is dead now but for years was it letterman that would have the the, the, the was a late night talk show that would always you know ask the audience or whatever whether or not abe vagoda was alive again in my previous life we interviewed abe vagoda <laughs> i think it was letterman and it's funny because the guy i always got confused with abe vagoda was uh joe's uh, father from facts of life he's the same guy in the movie that gets shot through his glasses when he's getting a massage mo green Yes. I always thought that was the same guy. Oh. And it's funny they were in the same movie. Mo Green. So that's my big kick. Um, and an email. Okay. Oh, is it email reading time? I had one that wasn't quite as good as the ones we've read before, so I'm holding back. Me and Michael are always talking about Cobra Kai, and I figured, you know, Karate Kid <laughs> came out in the 80s, not 1985. But I get an email last night, and it's from Sensei Lawrence. Okay. And this just started making me laugh. <laughs> it goes, Greetings, Steven. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, the way of Cobra Kai. Did you know we have one of the biggest collections of Cobra Kai t-shirts in existence? Hash Brown Team Cobra Kai. And that's just one of our- Did they really use Hash Brown? <laughs> yeah. Because that's our new slogan. That's from 80stees.com. Oh! But they're sending out emails from iconic characters from the 80s. Oh, man. Uh, so I, I, so I, I got to do this. Bryce, come here. Hash Brown. Candy. Thanks, Bryce. All right, Bryce, thank you. <laughs> Good going there. Our next song is going out to Johnny Riggs over at Excalibur. Oh. Uh, Till Tuesday, Voices Carry. Anything on that one? Uh, Amy Mann, uh, one of the most unsung under 
underrated artists of the 20th century. Got to see her in person uh, with Michael Penn, a friend of ours, uh, at the Brian Wilson All-Star Tribute Show in 2001. I love her. And here it is. It's the Colvin Brothers on Z93. This is scary. 
The Colvin Brothers Time Tunnel. 1985. Mikey's Obscure Pick of the Week. All right, speaking of obscure songs, mm-hmm. Mr. Instacart. Oh, yeah, well, this is different. We've been off for two weeks uh, because we didn't want to compete with the Super Bowl, so we ran Fantasy Park, which I think was a brilliant move on our part. Although we probably should have done something new because that Super Bowl <laughs> it was the worst. That we, really that, yeah, well, I'm not even going to get into it. So uh, we were shopping. Bryce and I, she's my, my, my right-hand girl. Um, we were in CVS, and Steve Winwood's Back in the High Life album yes. was gigantic in 1986 yeah. and 87, but there was a song that was like the seventh or eighth song that got played on the radio called Freedom Overspill, and I heard it in <laughs> CVS, and I'm like, am I here? Is that Freedom Overspill? Like, you have no idea what song this is. This is a snippet. Like even Lane and Zoles will always say that the songs that we pick aren't obscure. Like, oh, what's that garbage? <laughs> <laughs> Who died this year? The year is 1985, so we're going to do the famous people that passed away in 1985. I've been looking forward to this now. Just for the let the listeners in. Um, Steven is the one that's in charge of the, the who died this year, this day, whatever. So I never know until he says it on the air who we're going to talk about. So let me hear it. All right. I got five for you. Kicking off February 12th, 1985, Nicholas Colasanto, who played coach on Cheers. Yes, that was very sad. I remember in real time because the big question was how they were going to replace him. Yep. And they ended up discuss- like I mean, I guess Woody Harrelson had been around. I'd never heard of him. Well, this was his first like real gig cuz uh-huh. he came in after, you know, Nicholas passed away, but the sad thing was he- Nicholas started to lose, you know, weight and he was one of the, you know, old-timers that didn't want to stop working. Yeah. So you started to see his regression on the show and then You can check it out and- on the Peacock Network right after our show. Number 2, May 16th. Margaret Hamilton from The Wizard of Oz. I'll get you, my little pretty. You know, it was a time when a lot of those people were still alive. You know, we had lost Judy Garland, I think, in 68. And I've interviewed Buddy Epson, who was supposed to be the original Tin Man. But, um, yeah, that, that's, that, was a, that was a big deal. Very big deal. Number three, October 2nd, Rock Hudson. This was sad. Um, it was the first celebrity to publicly have AIDS. But it helped in that... The you know middle America, the flyover states or whatever you want to call it, finally started to accept it as something that could happen to them. And I believe that from that point onward, uh, the disease was treated much differently by the public at large. All right, number four, October 10th, Orson Welles. We'll sell no wine before it's time. Orson Welles never had to do anything again after uh, Citizen Kane. But War he, of the Worlds. Well, that was what I was going to get to, is that yeah. the reason why guys like us have a gig is because of War of the Worlds. It was it was when the public realized that, that radio could do that kind of thing. I mean, you had people, you, you think that there's fake news now. I mean, this was deliberately read as a Jules Verne radio play and said so at the beginning and the end, and people still thought aliens were landing. So, hey, all of you QAnon people, you got nothing. Yeah. On Orson Welles. So when I was going to college, we had uh, Orson Welles was one of the, the figures that we were kind of focusing on. And I had to take a theme out of Citizen Kane and make it a 30-second preview. Mm-hmm. And I did the, a little trailer on Rosebud. It's a sled. Number five. Number five. December 14th, the day our sister Jennifer was born, mm. we lost New York Yankee Roger Maris to cancer at 51. That was very sad. I did radio in Fargo, which I largely want to forget. But the most significant thing to come out of Fargo, North Dakota, was Roger Maris. And he is revered in that town. Had I stayed with the gig, uh, I eventually would have 
been up on a billboard that features Roger Maris's likeness, and uh, the radio station they worked for out there, the Fox 107.9, um, was... They they had a, an annual sixty one for sixty one where you, where the, the morning DJs would stay up on a billboard for sixty one hours, oh, okay, yeah. raising money for uh, the cancer foundation that that his family to this day supports. We have one more song to feature in nineteen eighty five. This is going out to our brother in law Christopher, who's a Breakfast Club fan, mm-hmm. and uh, did a little trivia for us a couple of years ago. It's uh, "Don't Forget About Me" from Simple Minds. Now this is a song that Simple Minds have kind of disowned um, because they were they were like you two light. They they were a very serious Irish band. The opportunity came to get this song used in the Breakfast Club, and it's all they're known for now. But I can tell you, as a guy that lived through the 80s, there is a lot more to these guys. But this song, it screams 1985. We love it. It uh, turned out to be the number two song of the year. Aha's Take On Me got the number one slot. But we've played that before. So uh, for everybody that was there, for those of you that wish you were, Simple Minds. Judd Nelson, that scene at the end of the movie with his fist up in the air, and then the song goes on with the credits. We need to get out of here with the Colvin Brothers, we got to take advantage of that 75% off sale of Conversation Hearts at Wall Bombs. We'll see you again next Sunday. Everybody, have a great week. We're the Colvin Brothers and a daughter on Z93.
Brothers Podcast. I'm trying to make Linus a Valentine. It's family. Wow.